This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Ahoy, and welcome back to Titanic Talkline. Y'all, I hope you're ready and that you have your snacks and your blankets and are all cozy and ready to listen to this episode, because uh, things are going to get a little spooky. That was really bad. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, everyone, and welcome back to Titanic Talkline, except, uh-oh. Shit's gotten weird, and I think I might have taken the left turn and ended up in the Paranomaly Zone. Oh, awesome. I thought you were going to say Albuquerque for a second, but that's okay. Never been to Albuquerque. <laughs> that's, that's, that shows you my age. Or that's a little, that's like an old Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny joke or something. So, No, I just don't know anything. I'm very bad at pop culture. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> understood. Understood. So I'm looking at your, your room behind you. I, I got, you got a pretty nice uh, framed photo, it looks like. Is that a painting? It is a painting. I found a, um, a really nice painting, a poster version of a painting on Redbubble by an artist whose name I can't remember right now, but hey. that's what's hanging up back there. And <laughs> that looks good. A bunch, bunch of books. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I like it. But again, yeah. like said, it's, it's nice to meet you. I'm glad uh, to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself to my to me and everyone else and also maybe give us a bit about your titanic story specifically because i know you cover a bunch of stuff on your show oh gosh yeah we cover the gamut on the paranomaly zone yeah as we as i say incessantly in the in the intro we cover all things paranormal strange and mysterious and believe it or not that included an episode or two on the titanic the last one that we did was the curse of titanic that was mm -hmm. man that was already a couple months ago i guess but mm -hmm. um we've been doing this for a few years now under the name paranomaly zone we've only been doing it for about a year we actually were uh the alternate route podcast for several years before that but then i was like you know we talk about all things paranormal and if people are sitting there scrolling through you know thumbnails of podcasts and they're looking for something mm -hmm. normal the alternate route podcast doesn't exactly jump out to them as far as like oh hey that's a paranormal podcast right there sure. so i wanted to kind of change the name and yeah we're, we're having a good time and i guess i've just always been fascinated with the titanic i i really do not know why the last 20 some years i've just been there's something about it and i'm i'm excited to talk about it that's for sure yeah. So when you said it's been about 20 years, when did your interest in Titanic start? Was it, you know, of course, you know, was it the giant wave of mania that came around the time of the Cameron film or was it a completely independent interest that you, you know, what was your, what was your journey to Titanic? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked that because when the movie came out, you know, I, you know, let me, I, I should probably correct myself. I, I should say my passion for Titanic has been going on for, I would say, what is it? I'd say about 12 years, 12 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, so a little bit less than 20. But my introduction to it, I mean, I was very ignorant about a lot of things Titanic, you know, when the James Cameron blockbuster movie came out. You know, everyone and their grandmother went and saw that movie about 95 times, it seems like. And uh, to be frank, uh, I went to that movie back, I think it was, I think it was in theaters for, 
a year at least. I mean, that movie was running forever. Something like that. So I went to it towards the end of its run, um, and not by choice. Um, my girlfriend at the time wanted to go <laughs> see it, and I was like, oh, yeah, really? Really? You want to take me to this movie that everyone <laughs> is talking about? I'm a big Star Wars fan. That's I don't cool. know if you can see my collection behind me, but uh, I was... I it's was, a very cool collection. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, that was right around the time when the hype of the Star Wars prequels was just just getting going there, and I was excited about oh, that. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll go to Titanic and see what everyone is talking about. And it, I, I okay, I enjoyed the movie, but it it wasn't anything that I was just like, okay, I I don't get all the the hoopla and the hype. But I will say sure. this: for whatever reason, I'll never forget this. Later that night, we were in Chicago at the time, actually, when we went and saw it. We were visiting, I think, my girlfriend's aunt and uncle. But um, when, later on, you know, when the evening came, we went, went to bed. I have a very vivid memory of a dream that I had that night. I mean, it, mm-hmm. who knows where it came from. Obviously, it was influenced from seeing the movie. But the dream that I had was the vision of me underwater fl- with, sounds kind of morbid, corpses floating above me and like a light shining down you know i could see like their silhouettes and i'm underwater and i'm like aware that i'm dead but i'm seeing these other bodies sinking down towards me and i've always related that to seeing the movie and it's i guess that was the first initial spark of like hmm again i'm kind of going down maybe the paranormal uh, aspect Mm -hmm. here but that really kind of intrigued me from the get-go and so I've I've been off the races kind of since then. I have to say, if I had a dream like that, I think I'd never want to think about the Titanic again. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't enjoyable. I'm sure I woke oh. up in a cold sweat and probably you know ran around the uh, the apartment building, whatever, in my underwear. I don't know what I did, but uh, <laughs> I re- I recently I don't know why I do this to myself. Like I'm not usually easily influenced by like quote unquote scary stuff, but if it gets <laughs> to the point where I'm really tired, you know, when you're kind of like fighting the sleep, yeah. That- Stuff will get me. And I made the stupid fucking mistake of scrolling around on Reddit and I saw why. I clicked on the sub mechanophobia thread. I don't know why. I don't subscribe to that thread. Uh-huh. I am not part of that subreddit. But for some reason, my thumb was like, we're going to go there. And the first thing I saw was like a clip of a underwater shark animatronic. And for some reason, I was like, I know if I click on that, I'm going to die. So it was like, I have to abort this mission immediately. But instead of doing that, I didn't. I clicked on it and watched this for about two seconds. It was like, no, 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 we're done. We're done. And I haven't gone back to it since then. Um, mostly because I just remember that right place. now. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, as soon as we hang, I'm probably going to go look at it because it's bright outside. So, you know, you everything's go. fine. But it was still just one of those things where I'm like, underwater stuff is really scary, man. Oh, terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. We're not <laughs> meant to be underwater. Uh, us silly no. humans aren't capable of existing there. So I get you. Yeah, it's definitely a phobia for sure. Speaking of Star Wars, because I can see, but y'all can't. He has a very, very impressive Star Wars collection. I um, was watching... Clone Wars a little while ago and there was that episode under underwater with the uh the calamari people which by the way there's a species in that series called the mon calamari which means my calamari and I'm just mad that we don't talk about that more because it's one of the funniest things I've encountered it's like sorry they called themselves my food my food basically. yeah there you go are, why are we not having a further discussion of this? I think they but, just want to sweep that under the rug ah eh, no one will notice it 
yeah, well, don't name it that. But they had, I don't know what they're called, but like the um, the Jedi had these kind of underwater schooner deals. I don't know. They mm-hmm. handheld, controlled, kind of like motorized bodyboards mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. way. And I remember thinking, I want one of those so I can go explore the Titanic. Oh, yeah, However, yeah. I need two to three other people to go with me because there was a 0% chance I could go down there by my, even if it was humanly possible sure. to just go down there by myself. would be like, no fucking way. I, I don't. Ooh, a stray fish would be the end of my life. <laughs> I, I I often ask myself questions like, you know, because I, I, I am kind of a claustrophobic person. I've gotten better as I as I age. You know, I'm an old man now, and it's it definitely doesn't bother me as much as it did. But I've asked myself that question. It's like, would I rather be shoved into a, 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 a like a little space capsule and be shot out into the uh, the vastness of space? Or put myself in a little submersible and go down to visit the Titanic. I would always choose the Titanic just because I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. But man alive, it takes balls to go down there. It really does. I mean, obviously it takes money and equipment yes. and the smarts and the technology. But man, you have to have courage to go down there because something could go tragically wrong any second. But man, if I had, if I can go there for free, sign me up. <laughs> but I don't think yeah, that's if- happening. No, it was one of those things where I was like, if I had $250,000, would I feel comfortable spending it on a ticket to the Titanic? It's like, no, that's, that's a house. Like, come on now. Let's not be, let's not be crazy. But yeah, in in that same, it's funny. I don't think I'd be that scared of a submersible. I think because it's like, all right, they've done this before. There's a crew. I'm not alone. I'm not manning the submersible. That would be a very different discussion about things. Like you got to get yourself there. Pass. But what do you think about what do you think about the the people who have the money who just fork over a ha- you know a fortune and a half to go down to so they can be wed on the deck of the you know the Titanic? I mean they're not actually touching the Titanic; they're floating right above it, you know. But people have forked out hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. And- yeah, I know the um, Ocean Gate exploration. It is two hundred fifty thousand dollars to um, as a civilian to go. People got married in a submersible. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do I think about? Okay. I think these are two separate things. Do, uh, if you have the money to buy the ticket and go down, I'm very envious of you. Um, I'm also one of those people that's very much like, what the hell do we need billionaires in this country, in this world for anyway? Right. So I'm sort of like, I'd feel a little bit less guilty or bad about it if everyone else's needs were taken care of. And there were just some people where that was like a privilege you could afford, but I don't. I don't, I don't shit on that very much just because I'm like, I get it. You have the money to go down and look at the super cool thing. And also, as long as you're not doing anything stupid, like you're not going down there and poking at it or seeing if the portholes are broken, mm-hmm. you're not doing weird shit. You're just going down to explore. I'm jealous of you. Um, if you're Great going point. down for weird purposes, like if you're, I don't know who these people are that got married there. I don't necessarily know that I hate that. I just think that's dumb, I guess. Because like, <laughs> amen. Isn't yeah. the point of, I'm not married, but like, isn't the point of marriage to like celebrate your love and everything, et cetera, et cetera. You can't have anyone attend your wedding. Yeah. Like you <laughs> can only, fit like three only the people. people who are, yeah. Only the people who are in the submersible with you, you know, yeah, like, it's just depending like, on their, for your life. We, right. We got married at the Titanic. Oh, cool. What are the pictures like? The inside of a submarine. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, romantic. Cool. <laughs> I think maybe yeah. question mark. So I think in my opinion, that just still silly. Like, yeah, no, I, I agree. 
I sorry. Like, no offense if you're the couple that got married on the Titanic. Love that for you. Think it was dumb. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> sorry. They I'm can, a judgy, blame, judgy they can blame me. I brought it up. They can blame me. But the, I think it's kind of like I'm a judgy, judgy person, but also I'm like, it, I love pulling out this line from Anastasia where um, Angela Lansbury is um, dismissing an Anastasia wannabe and she goes, Haven't you anything better to do? And it's that just like so dismissive, get out of here. And I'm like, that's the thing I feel about stuff like that. I'm like, haven't you anything better to do? <laughs> right. I know. I gotcha. I gotcha. Oops. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. So I will say, I, I will I will say right off the bat that you have a great podcasting voice. So Aww, I can thanks. see this I can see this um um taken off for you. This how can I ask you a couple of questions real quick? Yeah. Um, well, how long have you been doing this podcast? I think I I only came across you on Twitter. I mm-hmm. don't know how long you had a Twitter account. And what, I mean, obviously you have a passion for the Titanic, but what, what kind of drove you to, uh, you know, I'm, I want to start, I want to start a fun podcast about the Titanic. So a couple things. Um, I really, really enjoy the podcast, My Favorite Murder. Um, and it's hosted by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hartstark. And they've been doing that for several years. And it is a true crime comedy podcast, which sounds a bit glib. It does. But in the same way that I kind of have these back and forth chit chats with people, they take a conversational approach to discussing true. I almost said something. I, I almost said true crime, true crime. <laughs> so like they have a conversation with each other and each week it's like, Georgia, I'm going to tell you a story about a crime. And then Georgia's like, that was a great story. Here's my story about a crime. And it's done in this chit chatty kind of way. That's a little bit more uplifting and like not palatable, but it kind of, it adds for me a sort of human element to the story because it's not just someone going, and on the fourth day of the investigation, the police had no leads. I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> it, literally that, because they'll say things like, I mean, the cops are just doing nothing. And they're like, fucking come on. I know, right? And I'm sitting there like, you're right. So I really liked that approach. And I've always kind of wanted my own talk show. And I wanted to make a podcast and was like, okay, I'm just going to have a podcast where I talk about anything. It's like, that is the broadest thing ever. And I need to narrow it down slightly. And I had no idea how to narrow it down into anything. And I kind of settled on Titanic because it's something that I liked a a lot, but something that I'm also very not knowledgeable about in a way where I want to talk to a variety of people and learn a bunch of things and connect with other people. And that just seems like a really fun avenue to do it. And so far it has been, you know, I've met a bunch of really, really great people. It's been a really fun time. And yeah, it, I kind nice. of really just decided to start it off a whim. And I think I launched it in June of this year. I think first episodes went live in either June or July. I don't remember. <laughs> nice. Perfect. So you're, you're still, you're, you're kind of, you're a newbie kind of at this this podcasting thing. This is a baby podcast. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, you you got a listener here, so I'll be checking it out for sure. So I was actually listening to your episode, re-listening to the episode on the, um, the the most recent one you guys did on the Titanic. And I really like the discussion you guys started the episode with, which was on kind of the concept of a curse being a self-fulfilling prophecy in that whether or not you believe in the concept of like a curse in the magical sense, if you sort of believe it, you can make it true um, in that sense. And I think that's really interesting because I talked a little while ago and I have over um, a lot in my past interviews about 
PTSD and trauma and survivor's guilt with the Titanic survivors. And I think that that ties in really interestingly to that argument you guys made about the manifest, like self-manifesting a curse out of trauma. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mind bender a little bit, you know, and it's, if you, you know, I'm sure you, you could get the gist listening to the first five minutes of, you know, how, how Mike and I just kind of banter back and forth, you know, and <laughs> we basically, we, we, we start the, the show with uh, a concept and then um, I always make the joke that I have my professional notes and I, you know, they're all just sloppily written down <laughs> on a piece of paper and, and we just kind of go, we go for it, you know, uh, we, right. it's, we do prep, but not really, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Um, and we just, we, we kind of like you learn from your guests, we learn from each other and we just kind of banter back and forth and uh-huh. we, the conversations go any number of, uh, of ways. But yeah, I, 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 I am not so certain how much I buy into the idea of, or the concept of like a mystical, you know, curse, you know, like, like the uh-huh. Titanic was doomed from its conception. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily buying into into that but it's just there's so many elements that went into this tragedy that it's it makes you scratch your head it makes you think a little bit or at least it does for people like me maybe i'm looking a little too hard you know i i don't know you know my 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 fiance bridget always says tells me that i make things a lot harder than they need to be so that's probably (laughs) that's probably the, the main issue here but i i go back to even i think about how perfectly everything had to align that night or even the months before the ship even set sail how perfectly mm-hmm. everything came into alignment in order for that ship to strike that iceberg when I mean, we're going back to if that massive chunk of ice didn't break off from greenland at that exact moment it wouldn't have been in its location for the titanic to strike it you you kind of get where i'm saying there i mean even if it was yeah. a minute later the, the ship wouldn't have hit it because it wouldn't have been as close. Again, I'm going yeah. way back, but it's, yeah. it's we're I'm trying to chase saying, the butterfly from the effect. Oh my gosh. Right. It's, it's, that's a great way of putting it. It's like, I'm not saying that there's not, I'm buying into the idea of fate either, but it, there's just too many coincidences, too many odd occurrences. Uh, everything just happened perfectly for this tragedy to happen. It's just, I don't know how else I want to, how else I can put it. It's just, it was almost meant to be. I hate saying that, but it was yeah. like this was meant to etch its uh, its moment in history in a tragic way. There was a lot of eggs in the in the in the basket of um, imperfect, <laughs> imperfect, tragic things that led up to it. As you were saying, like you know, the really big ice field, and then there were other things like the the coal strike and Mm -hmm. you know the adjustment of of lines because there was the coal strike and then there were things oh man there are just so many extenuating factors and what ifs when you go back and look at things when you see all these theories of like well what if they'd had the binoculars for the lookouts what if this had happened what if it had been a slightly rougher sea what if there had been visible Mm -hmm. stars what if this what if that there are so many what ifs involved in this equation that it's it it kind of breeds a need for people some in some sense to trace it back to be like there're just yeah. so many what ifs that converged at the same time. Oh, 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, you you mentioned the binoculars and I think we talked about that uh, talk about that on the episode, you know, it's you do. It, it, those <laughs> just the idea that 
you know, there, there was a, a change in the officers who were going to serve on the Titanic. Like, gosh, I don't remember if it was a day before or a week before, Mm -hmm. but, um, like I know, uh, officer Lightoller was originally the chief officer, but he was knocked back the first officer. Yeah. And, you know, everyone uh, was, everyone was knocked back because, uh, was it, was it wild who was then um, assigned as chief chief. officer wild came in as the, as the chief officer to replace yep. Murdoch as chief officer. And because he came in at the top, it bumped everyone down. He didn't come out in the middle and bump half of the down. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, we're all taking, we're all on the Plinko chart down now. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I believe, you know, I believe it was, <laughs> you know, I believe the, uh, the man who had the key to the, 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 whatever you want to call it, the little cabinet that held the binoculars, you know, he was, he was removed from the crew entirely, you know? And so therefore, mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? He's not on the ship. They don't have the key. Therefore, the binoculars are not in there up in the crow's nest, uh, which could have helped. But you never know. There's people who also argue who say that, you know, the 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 environmental elements that were going into play that night would have made it nearly impossible to see the iceberg no matter what, even if they had binoculars, you know. So, again, it's kind of mm-hmm. it, it depends on how you feel about it. I'm personally of the opinion that I don't think the binoculars would have helped. And that's only because have you ever tried to use binoculars in a completely dark scenario? They don't do anything for you. And Mm -hmm. it's, I also think that when I've never been a lookout in 1912, but my guess is that you don't, you you don't, what? (laughs) I know it's a surprise and I really should be more qualified to do this podcast, but I feel like you don't spend the whole shift with the binoculars on. My guess is that like you're looking, 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 huh, what's that? Binoculars. Oh, shit. Ring yeah. the bell. Mm-hmm. I, so that's why I'm like, I don't necessarily know if they would have helped because I think you need to see a thing before you, <laughs> you zoom in on a thing. Yeah. But gotcha. I'm also, gotcha. there's two of them up there. Maybe one of them's job is to have the binoculars on at all times. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they, or they, they can hold it for each other, you know, to switch back and forth. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So. Or they each have yeah. one on each eye, one one magnified and one one normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, they have to be kind of close up together anyway, so why not share that binoculars? So Keep you warm. Of, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many extenuating circumstances, but like, I, I like the discussion you guys were having about how it's like, yeah, in the same way that it's like, I'm not sure that I believe in the concept of curses in that way, but if you mm-hmm. believe it, you can kind of make it happen. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Reddit, I yeah. saw another... Um, this is going to sound unrelated, but I saw another one. I think with this was an "Am I the asshole?" thread where um, this girl was getting tired of being harangued by a family member who was like, "Why aren't you Christian? Why aren't you religious? Mm. And why won't you get baptized?" And I guess she got fed up, so she splashed water on this family member and like jokingly yelled, "I unbaptize you in the name of the devil," <laughs> as a joke. But then this family member was like, "Ever since you did that, I've been getting bad luck, and I demand you unbaptize me." Or you rebaptize no me, and this girl is refusing to do it just because she thinks it's funny. But also, she's like, "I didn't actually do anything." Wow. <laughs> like, but That's it's interesting. one of yeah. It's like, all right. I mean, I guess if you truly believe that you're cursed, you can, you can, you can find a way to justify yeah. that. Every little thing that that occurs to you that mm-hmm. is negative, even how minute or minor it may be, you're going to uh, you're going to uh, blame that on the curse. You know, it's like, hey, exactly. Man. I can't find my car keys. Damn that curse. You know, and then you find it two seconds later. So, Yeah. And that's, I I thought that was really interesting when you were discussing it because I, when I first started to listen to the, 
show i mean i i had no idea what it, i knew what it was about because it was called the paranomaly zone i'm not a complete moron but i was like is <laughs> I, this gonna be one of those things where they're like yeah today we have our guest bigfoot on it was like i was like is it gonna be a farce i have no idea um i wish so we could talk you... bigfoot. that'd be awesome <laughs> well you know i have no idea so i was wondering when you first started off with curses i was like great is this gonna be like some sort of weird hoax job or something but then it was, sure. but then it was the sort of blending in the notion of it's the same way that we now know that PTSD is what it is instead of just like being mildly unnerved or, you know, that we now know that the, you know, women who are quote unquote hysterical are not actually hysterical. They're, they have a problem we need to address mm -hmm. that does not involve being locked in a room and tortured with a vibrator. That's not going to solve anything. Right. I got gotcha. you. So it, yep. It's just, it was you interesting. Know, I, you know, I think we also kind of, <sighs> I'm struggling to remember a lot of the stuff that we talked about uh, since like, <laughs> such a long time ago. Uh, you it's know, been 84 it, years. Real... Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> good one. That was good. I like that. Give <laughs> me a second. Um, yeah, uh, I, we also talked about kind of, you know, this, as you mentioned, the PTSD, you know, the survivor's mm -hmm. guilt. I mean, how tragically several survivors of the Titanic, you know, choose to take their own lives, you know, yeah. uh, down the road. And, is that directly related? Uh, well, yeah, of course it is. But is that related to a quote unquote curse? I'm not saying it is. Uh, we even went down the road of like, you know, premonitions and fortune tellers who were, you know, mm -hmm. who were allegedly, I believe it was uh, 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 the passenger's last name was Bishop. She was on a honeymoon with her husband. They were kind of mm -hmm. a pollutant, uh, uh, um, rich couple back in the day, you know, and they were on their honeymoon, I believe they were in Egypt before they were going to set sail back to America on the Titanic. And she's like, hey, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like getting a fortune. I, I feel like getting a reading from a fortune teller. Why not? Why not? You know, we got time to kill. When in and, Egypt. And I think it's, so. yeah, right. I think it's interesting that she, re, she uh, relayed this story while in the lifeboat to the other passengers on the lifeboat in order to raise their spirits because they, um, according to her prophecy, she was going to not only survive a sinking on the, on the, in the open seas, she was also going to survive an earthquake, and then she was ultimately going to die in a car accident. So she said, told the story to the passengers on the lifeboat because, you see, we have to survive because otherwise my prophecy will not come true. You know, so <laughs> it's like, I don't know how much that, uh, that raised their spirits, but Hey, anything, you know, that's worth giving anything a shot. But, and it's crazy because her, she survived the sinking. Her and her husband visited California. They survived an earthquake when they're in California. And then she ultimately suffered severe head fractures, uh, skull fractures and a car accident. She survived, but, some people believe that that may have caused her to uh, develop epilepsy, which she ultimately died from uh, falling and hitting her head on the floor again. So yeah. say what you will about that one. But that's, again, kind of crazy coincidences. Seems like it matches up to me. And it's one of those things where you can put as much stock or in that as you want to. You know, yeah. if you want to think, well, that's horseshit. And um, I could put together a better coincidence if I gave you gave me five minutes. I could think of something. But, sure. I, you know, on the other hand, I just look at those two things and it's like, huh, that's really cool. Yeah, I know. Nice. Must have been yeah. cool to know that in advance. Like, uh -huh. I don't know where I come down in terms of like 
Yeah, I do believe that there's like something. I don't know what. I don't pretend to know what. I'm not an authority. I'm not religious, but I'm like, there's Mm -hmm. something out there. So maybe the concept of like curses and good and bad luck aren't thoroughly out there, but I don't know that they're necessarily like common or I don't necessarily think they're maybe how we think they are. I think maybe it is something like collective trauma, like surviving a massive shipwreck or another kind of major disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that everyone who managed to survive, say like Hurricane Katrina or what have you, probably mm-hmm. shares some sort of not collect not like collective and that you're a hive mind, but like you've been through the same experience and therefore have been through that sort of trauma, which is a unique form of trauma and it kind of creates its own quote unquote unique curse in a way, because like mm-hmm. no one else has been through that experience. That's not in that little bubble. You can only really relate to each other and if you're predisposed to think that you've been either blessed a survivor as, or cursed a survivor, mm-hmm. yeah, you can describe you know, a lot of it's, things. It's, you know, that was well said. Um, I'm this is, things are kind of flooding back into my head now too. It's it's interesting. Uh, one, the author of one book, I believe he's the author of Farewell Titanic, Charles Pellegrino. He was a part of Cameron's expedition down to uh, visit the Titanic. He was on the the uh, Keldish. Uh, Geldish? I believe that's a research special, uh, research special's name. I'm sure you've seen the ghosts of the abyss. The you know the when uh, James and his crew went down again to survey Titanic. I, I I'm fascinated by that that mm-hmm. film. But he's part. He's on the ship there, and he was brought down to uh, you know to visit Titanic. And I remember, I recall a portion of his book where he says, and this isn't an uncommon experience to him, but when he, uh when they, I guess, floated to the stern of the wreck, you know, <laughs> um, that's when he all of a sudden felt this overwhelming dread, this overwhelming uh, sensation of sadness and like a weight. And he became like nauseous. And, you know, and this is a very well-read intelligent, I mean, he's a scientist for gosh sakes. Um mm-hmm. You know, and this, it's fascinating to read this because it's, like I said, it's not an uncommon occurrence. A lot of people who have visited the Titanic wreck site say they feel the same thing when mm-hmm. visiting the Stern, which, of course, as we know, is where a lot of the um, yeah. people who tragically died, that was their last uh, clinging to hope experience, I guess, you know, off the Stern railings and what have you. So right. I, I find that pretty interesting. I mean, maybe there's something Maybe there's something geologically speaking that's physically causing, you know, them them to feel different down there at the stern area. You know, maybe the seabed is different. Maybe the currents is different. I don't know. But it's it's pretty interesting. You know, it's I personally believe that, again, going down kind of the paranormal thing here, because, hey, that's what we talk about on the paranormal. And I, I would like to preface that by saying that we are very open minded, but we're also skeptical. I mean, we don't sit there and automatically believe everything. You just can't. You can't do that because let's just face it, a lot of it is ridiculous. <laughs> sure. um, but we are very open minded and we like talking about it. And yeah. I, I'm kind of like this. I'm the skeptic, the more skeptical one of the show of the two. Here. You're but, the naysayer and um, the I'm, yeah, kind of. You know, it's a, it's a long running <laughs> joke. You know, Mike like believes everything, and I'm just like, come on, dude. You know, but uh, here I'm, comes Patrick to ruin the day. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the bummer. <laughs> I'm the bummer. I'm the letdown. <laughs> But I, you know, I think that there's something to that. Is I guess mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm trying to get to here. Sure. You know, I I believe in energy being able to leave an imprint, so to speak, 
specifically of if it's unbelievably strong emotional energy, whether it be mm-hmm. positive or negative. But you know, in this case, it'd be unbelievably sad, unbelievably terrifying. And so I really do think that there is a re- residual imprint at the stern. I mean, more than likely at the entire you know, wreck site, of course. Right. But um, I think it's a possibility. I think so. Because I mean... I've never been to the Titanic, but when I was in Germany with my family, we went to go visit Dachau. Um, mm, yeah, we we wanted I wanted to go see Auschwitz, but where we were staying, it, it was just it was too far. Mm. And I remember um, I was an adult, and my whole family were were illegal adults, so you know, no one needed to have a conversation with us about okay now, kids. Sure. But when I got there, it was an overwhelming air of silence and reverence and just i don't even know what the word that i want is it's not doom it's not depression it's just like suffering sure. because you know this very was a solemn, I bet. yeah very solemn it was a labor camp and you know yeah it it touched everyone and people were taking pictures and the things but there was no one running around like you know susan susan come look at this take my picture there wasn't any of that right. bullshit there were, people right. were behaving because they were like here's reverence and respect and you could feel it mm-hmm. and it was tangible mm-hmm. you know you didn't run around you weren't stomping through the grounds you walked gently and carefully and you looked at things and you took it in you took it in i was just gonna say that yeah mm-hmm. yep that's what it was for and that makes sense to me and then it therefore absolutely baffles me when you see stuff that popped up there was a wave of it that came out when instagram was still like the hot thing Mm -hmm. and now it's coming a bit now that tiktok's a big thing where some people will go and act like a damn fool at like auschwitz and dachau taking like posed yoga photos is the most recent one i saw and it's just like listen what the fuck yeah i mean come on i mean Seriously. Can't you think of something better to do? I mean, really? <laughs> Haven't you anything better to do? Yeah, it's like I sounded I old right there. I know I did, but man, alive. Oh. That to me, that is the ultimate yeah. of disrespect, too. It really is to me. I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm on. I'm, I'm an old fart in a lot of ways, but uh, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you can have your TikTok thing, but you know, go somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And like, I understand, you know, the whole taking pictures, especially of something like you're in Germany, you maybe want to take a picture of the signs or what have you. But, you know, there's a difference between doing that and taking a selfie. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. A look, one or doing... Thumbs up like, hey! Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like trying to balance on the train track or whatever it is. It's like, could you not? Yeah. Could you yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, ugh. Thankfully, it's harder to get to Titanic. Otherwise, I'm betting you'd have oh. people who are like, I don't know, trying to climb the crow's nest. Oh, I 100% agree with that. You know they would be. You know they would be. I or they, I guess they'd be dangling on it because it's, you know, it's laying backwards on, you know, on the deck there now. But, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I have no, uh, I have nothing further to say. <laughs> I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative Nelly right there and stuff, but just the TikTok thing drives me up I the wall. Am. TikTok, yeah. I'm too old for TikTok. I've, 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 I've at least stated that I'm not. I have a TikTok account because it made me make one in order to watch a series I was trying to watch. And it was like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so I, I created a TikTok account, but I'm like, I can't. 
I think well, I would know, find something that would piss me off way too quickly. <laughs> no, no I, I, ex- exactly. You know, and I, I fell victim to it as well because I, you know, I have two young daughters, two teenage daughters, you know, and they were, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, golly gee, but it's like, you know, you gotta, you know, the TikTok thing is really huge. And I'm, I'm thinking about promotion, of course. It's like, okay, I'll put the podcast on. I don't hardly ever put anything. I put like picture slides of like my artwork on there. And that's, and so yeah. I'm like, hey, if you, if you do this and do this, you might have a, some, art, you know, a chance of, get some of this personalized artwork and that's why i put it up on there otherwise tiktok tiktok just uh, irritates me more than anything <clears throat> yeah it, uh... yeah no it's not it's it's not for me it's not for me either and i think i've I talked about it a lot and i'm gonna talk about it again and it's because i think the algorithm's really dangerous yeah. um you know i'm I'm in my thirties. I'm a, I'm a grown adult. I'm a, I'm a little bit more able to gauge things, but I see how many teenagers and younger teenagers use it. And it just, it affects them in such a negative way. Like there's this huge wave right now of kids faking, having mental disorders on TikTok for clout slash attention. And I understand being a teenager and needing attention. Cause I remember being, I'm, I'm still one of those people that's like, I need attention. So I, I understand that need, but there's so much healthier ways of doing it than literally pretending you have schizophrenia on TikTok. It's just like, Agreed. that's very dangerous. And it's dangerous. also kind of obscuring any actual incidents you, or problems you need to discuss mm-hmm. with this very weird shield. But with something like that, I have a friend who's a middle school teacher, and she says that that quote unquote movement spreads and spreads fast. And she's having so many more students who are having this and you have to deal with it in its own way. And I'm just like, this is all coming off of like freaking TikTok, man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's and and bullying is, is another aspect. Uh you know, oh, online bullying and you know, and it's and it's also another it's kind of another example of, you know, the boy who cried wolf too. You 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 go up there and you you post you post all these fake dilemmas you are supposedly going through and well mm-hmm. what what are you going to do when you actually encounter a real dilemma you know so it's who knows who knows i'm 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 very happy to be off of tiktok <laughs> so. yeah it just freaks me out a little bit cuz i'm like i don't know what's in there i don't yeah. know what's in there and i don't like it <laughs> yep. nope i i agree again i agree so Ugh, i don't know but i i <laughs> I, be, I imagine especially it's really interesting if you start looking at anything paranormal, you're just like, I've entered a war zone. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, that everyone has, I mean, everyone has technology at their fingertips, you know, they could make a movie with their phone, you know, and all it, mm-hmm. that's what drives me insane that is like, if, if you are to try and seek out legit, like paranormal footage of any nature, you know, it's like, how do you know if it's legit or not? You can't. Um, it's everyone is so good at creating, you know, these, these what, what pieces of art almost, you know, and it's, it's maddening for people like me and my co-host Mike, you know, cause it's, we go back to, we, we have to go back to old black and white footage half the time, you know, it's like, well, they couldn't have faked this one cause it's 75 years old, you know, so, <laughs> but Fair Hey, enough. yeah, it's, it's, it's a madhouse out there. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's just, there's, especially when it comes to things like the paranormal, where it's really hard to have tangible proof of things. Mm-hmm. I think that it sparks and inspires a lot of debate. Where it's like, I'm not big into the. Um, I love hearing stories about it, but I'm not like a ghost hunter or anything. I'm not. I'm not yeah. looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I sent you the story about the once I went with my ghost hunting friend, yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. our mutual friend Sarah to moonville and i'm kind i'm i'm like a half skeptic half not so i'm like i'm very open to this being haunted but it's like i don't necessarily think that one of us is going to get possessed per se i don't know i don't know how i feel about that but as soon as we got there i was like no 
thank you. Yeah. The vibe mm-hmm. here is terrible. I don't want to walk here. And it freaked me out. And I was like, wait, I'm never messing with a ghost again. Um, my friend, however, um, Audrey, the intelligent decided to go on and continue messing around with ghosts and stuff. And I think it's still a member of like a ghost hunting club that they started in college, which is very impressive. And they actually went on like haunts and investigations and stuff. And, but they've run into some stuff and I'm just, whenever she tells me these stories, I'm like, Oh my God, Uh (laughs) don't do that. That sounds why well, would you, you know, want? Oh, even Mike and I, Mike and I have for several years, you know, we first uh, became friends, I'd say 15, 16, 17 years ago, whatever. We were, we were uh, co-workers. We worked in the same uh, orthodontics lab. And hmm. um, I, 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 when we became friends, it was because we shared a mutual interest in the paranormal. And we always kind of joked, even back then, it's like, you know, we need to like start a YouTube channel of, about all, you know, talk about all of our paranormal stuff. This was back in 2006 or whatever it was, you know? And, right, right, right. But we've done, we are definitely amateur when it comes to our personal investigations, you know? Um, and again, I, I don't want to necessarily harbor on all things paranormal here for your Titanic listeners, you know, but it, it, it's, 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 I keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I blame you. Um, it. It's something that we, Again, we, we're we're passionate about it, but some of the stuff that we have personally captured, that stuff is so important to me. Um, mm-hmm. If if you want, um, okay, cheap plug here. You know, people if they want to go check that stuff out, they can actually go and check out our extra bonus content on our Paranormally Zone Patreon page. But I, I understand if you yeah. don't want it. I understand if you don't want to, but I have to throw, throw that out there. Um, our own personal EVPs, and one of them that we captured is one that will always blow me away just because it is so connected and makes sense to a, a tragic story that occurred at that very location. And now, uh, very briefly, what it was, this was at Mike's locale. Now, Mike has lived like a very haunted life. That's no joke. Everywhere he's been, he is he's like a sensitive. And, you know, things just oh, happen. He and Audrey need to have a sit down, and I need to be 300 miles away from it. Oh, uh, I'm telling you, I, that's no joke. You know, he, he's lived... When I say haunted, I'm not even saying that in a negative way either. He's just, he's, he's apt to experience such things. Me, on the other hand, I am like the furthest from it. And I'm like, ah, come on, slap me, do something. You know, I want something to happen, but (laughs) at the same time, I'm kind of like blocking it, you know? So, uh, it's, (laughs) um, one, the story that was, that sounded like a challenge, by the way, you're going to get a ghost slap with a white glove. Well, because it's an in, it's an inside joke where you know we always say you know Patrick you're going to have to literally be slapped in the face in order for you to believe that there's something out there. I'm like okay, so, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, back to the that the one EVP that we Sorry. have just blows me away. No, that's totally fine. Is we're at his house. His house had some very serious activity going on. Mostly positive. Sorry, I don't want to like narrow in on him, but like, what's that again? What state is he in? Because there's some states that I think are more haunted than others. Well, this was when he lived in Minnesota. He, he lived in the same town as, as me. He lives in North Dakota now. Um, I'm still Minnesota, in good old yeah. Minnesota. And uh, we were at his house, very active house, mostly positive stuff. I don't think he ever had any negative experiences there. Mm-hmm. But at one point, we were doing a quote-unquote investigation. We just had one of our – we were kind of taking breaks between what, whatever the hell we were doing. But we still had a little <laughs> digital recorder running. We had that running at all times. We had it right on his little island there in the kitchen. And um, you hear he and I talking casually in the background. You hear the two friends who were with us at the Mm -hmm. time talking. And you can can tell by the audio that we're a good 10 feet away. Then you hear us walking down 
Mike steps down to the basement. Mm-hmm. And you hear our voices just slowly fading away, fading away, fading away, fading away, all four of us. And, mm-hmm. and until you can't hear anything. And we're questioning something that had occurred because Mike was showing me, he's like, every, you know, every time we come here, this door is always open. We shut it at night and it's always open when we wake up in the morning. And I'm like being all poopy about it. I'm like, oh, what is it? What's hats? You know, loose joints. It's the wind. What's going on? Hinges and all that crap. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and when we fade out of audio, we're still kind of ask, you know, asking about stuff. We say, you know, like, oh, well, that one's debunked. Oh, what a word debunked. And then you can't hear us anymore. And then clear as day, all of a sudden you hear, picked up on the recorder, we hear a female voice say, it's Debbie. And obviously we had no idea until we played it back the next day. Mike played it back, called me up immediately. and then. The backstory, tragically, that house was the locale of a young girl, eight years old, seven years old, who was Mm -hmm. killed by a garage door falling on top of her. Oh, my God. Her name was Debbie. And so that's interesting to me. I mean, enough that the audio itself is enough to kind of even blow away a skeptic like me because Mm -hmm. we're not faking it. It was it's. It's there. It's and we'll always rely on that. But it's yeah. so related to that story. It's like, what is going on there? What did we pick up on there? It's, I don't know. It's pretty darn interesting. I I I creeped out by it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think the closest I ever came to that was I bought one of those Ouija boards because I'm an idiot. Yeah. And no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was when I was in my late teens, so I blame it on being still a teenager. Sure. And you know. The, I couldn't get it to work by myself at first because you normally need a group. So I did it with Audrey a few times um, because when I visit her, she was sensitive and it was kind of fun. But I started to get it to work on my own. Oh, gosh. And instead of taking that as a sign to stop, I continued to use it. I don't remember making contact with anything dangerous or anything, but I remember one day I was just fucking around with this and having whatever conversation I was having. And I just remember thinking to myself, what the hell are you doing? what are you doing? So I basically did the sign off. I was like, okay, bye. And then I immediately put it on Craigslist. And I think about three hours later, a couple of slightly younger teenagers came to pick it up from me and they looked really excited. And I just handed it to them and shut the fucking door. There you go. (laughs) So that's my really enthralling story. Oh no, that's great. I've, I have never, I am, I'm terrified of, of, of Ouija boards. I just, I mean, I'm not terrified of them, but I'm just like, nah. nope. I, I was raised Catholic. I don't know if that tells anything about me, but I was, <laughs> I had a lot of stuff kind of embedded in my system, so to speak, you know, and it's, I'm still trying to expunge a lot of it, you know. Uh, Does but it mean I, you're always wearing at least one item of clothing at all times, even in your sleep? Like you just gotta have yes. one glove on for comfort. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I, no doubt about that. You know, I still have nightmares <laughs> about being an altar boy, you know, but that's a whole oh, other story yeah. altogether. <laughs> but it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's something that I've never been interested in until just Mike purchased one just last year. And we uh, decided to do, he talked me into doing a Ouija board session. That's how I always like to pronounce it. You got to emphasize that <laughs> O-U-I, Ouija. And uh, nothing happened, thank thank goodness. But it, Mike was very disappointed. You know, He's like, God damn it, I wanted something to happen <laughs> for you. So I was like, nope, nope, I think it's me. It's my fault. I'm blocking everything from 
happening. But uh, hey, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you in touch with my friend, and that's gonna freak you out. I'm, I'm okay, just awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, by the Stay way, um, do you mind if do you mind if we share that story that you sent me on on the no, podcast? Go ahead. I'll come on your show and tell it to you if you want. Oh, that'd be perfect. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See if I can get the idiot to come with me. She'll come. <laughs> See if I can Very do nice. that because yeah, it's a. It it was a wild and terrifying story that was yeah. slightly backed up by ex- external sources, but yeah, we'll save that for your show. That'll be that'll be an exclusive for your show. Awesome, I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I I feel as though you know, even if you don't believe in like ghosts, like mm-hmm. going back to stealing Ahsoka Tano's underwater scuba, if yeah. I went down there, I don't necessarily think that I would see any, like, a spectral figure. I don't think that mm-hmm. I would suddenly find someone grabbing my wrist and being like, Miss, beware! Right. I don't necessarily know that that's what I'd encounter, but I think I'd feel, I'd encounter a lot of, like, feelings of foreboding and sadness. I feel like there would be probably pockets of terror and maybe panic and just overwhelming, like, depression. I yeah. feel like I'd be more likely to be not spiritually, but like emotionally affected as opposed to like seeing a thing. I don't think I'd see things, but I think I'd feel more like, Oh oh God. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with you on that a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I I don't necessarily buy into the option that there's like you said, that there's, you know, spectral, spectral phantoms still roaming the deck of Titanic. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that, but definitely again, going back to that residual imprint of the negative energy and just the emotions and, if you are sensitive, you know, that's, or, or even empathetic, you know, you're kind of more open to feeling those emotions. I, I absolutely 100% buy into that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a very, 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 very real and a very real possibility for sure. Because I hear, um, one of the things I hear from the people that I interview who are um, survivors, um, not mm. survivors, um, descendants of um, the survivors, is that yeah. for many of them, when they're actually able to visit the grave of their um, their lost one, is that they feel and have a very emotional moment. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that, that very human tie. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Now, do you, how do you feel about um, recovering artifacts from the Titanic wreck site? I like being asked this question. Well, I like sure. <laughs> feel a mixed bag of things because I think there are some things that are like quote unquote free game. And mm-hmm. I think there are some things we should leave. I'm personally of the opinion that we should leave things that belonged to people like luggage, trunks, glasses, watches, things that were personal items mm-hmm. but i think that maybe stuff that was just part of the ship things like deck chairs um po- uh, not pottery uh glass not even glassware what the hell am i talking about like plates i don't know what they're called sure yeah plates and cups things that are loose and recoverable i don't think that people should be like taking stuff off the big structure like don't take off a door don't cut a chandelier yeah. loose like if it's loose and you can pick it up Sure, but I I'm personally of the opinion that if it belonged to somebody, that it should stay there, unless you have you can identify exactly whose item it is, and mm. the family gives you permission. Like if you're like, we found John Jacob Astor's wristwatch. I did he have wristwatch? We're wristwatch sure around at that time. <laughs> okay, I don't know, or like a ring of his. If we're like, yeah. we can confirm that this belonged to the Astor family, and if the Astor family was like, we would like that recovered. It's like, all right, that's a personal artifact you can bring home. Yeah. But that's how I feel about things, because if it didn't belong to someone, then I, you know, if it's being brought back to be displayed, I'm okay with it. But I also am not a big fan of people bringing things up and having them disappear into private collections. I'm not a big fan of that. 
Okay, sure. No, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I've always, I've never personally had a problem with recovering a lot of, of items. I like your argument because, you know, if it's personalized, you know, let it rest. Um, but I'm also all about, you know, preserving history and, you know, salvaging important, important things. I mean, they're important to geeks like me, you know, but it's important for, for history. You know, we need to, you know, we need to keep as much as we can. I am of the belief of that. So, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you on that, on that, that notion for sure. Uh, did you ever visit any of the like Titanic museums or any such, uh, displays yourself? Yeah, I got, um, a chance to go to the museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and that was really a fun experience. Um, and in October I'm going to Vegas and I'm planning on going to see the Luxor exhibit where they have the big piece. That's awesome. I've been lucky enough to visit that twice, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty, it's unforgettable. Um, the big piece is impressive. And, and again, uh, Bridget, my fiance, she had a very strong emotional feeling when she was, Mm -hmm. when it was right there, you know, and you're obviously, you're not allowed to take photos obviously or anything like that. So you just have to take it all in. Um, and seeing all those other artifacts on display, it's just, it, it, it really, if you allow yourself to start thinking deep about it and saying like, my gosh, this bottle even if it's a closed bottle of beer you know an open mm-hmm. bottle of beer it's still like it's something about it it's like this is yeah. i'm not gonna say magical but it's it's moving for people like me it is so i don't know yeah. maybe i'm an oddball i don't know i don't think you are i think that what it does is provide proof that you know the whole we were here thing where yeah. oh sure you discover the proof that you know it wasn't just the big people, you know, wandering around that we knew about. There was ordinary people that were just there and trying to enjoy their lives and have tea or beer or yep. I don't know, read a fucking book on the yeah. deck. There were just <laughs> there you go. People trying to live. You know, mm-hmm. there's all these glamorous stories about people having their honeymoons and blah blah blah. But there's a bunch of people who were like escaping poverty, and there were a bunch of people who were really looking for opportunity in a new world who were just like, I'm on this boat to live my life. Please mm-hmm. just leave me alone. And oh, 100%. I think that's why I'm of the opinion we should leave personal stuff be- behind because we're like, we don't know if that person wants their shit taken. Like, yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm of the personal opinion where, like, if I'm dead and no one in my actual family wants the thing, you can have it. Like, if yeah, I die in some ahead. weird way and they're like, oh, wow, we found this woman's suitcase, I feel like, have my clothes. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. Maybe don't take them off my body, but that's just a suitcase you can have it but i've made my wishes known and but if like someone's like when in doubt leave it there i think that's where i fall down on it but i also do think that it's important to bring some things back because they let you it's it's no longer theoretical anymore yeah well and it's it's another it's it's an even stronger more tangible way of you know keeping their memory you know it really Mm -hmm. is you know keeping the the memory alive not that it's ever going to dissipate i really don't think it is uh i'm i was blown away by that you know the discovery and the the confirmation of the discovery of Wallace Hartley's, you know, his, his, his instrument, you know, it's, it's so that was amazing. So I have no problem with that being recovered. Absolutely not. Um, How could you not? I mean, you find that thing, you get it confirmed. It's like, well, I feel bad about, let's throw it back in the ocean. Like, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that, so. That's so I'm, a harder I'm about exploring it still, you know, I, 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 you know, in kind of a safe, it's not even safe because all these submersibles that keep going down and visiting the Titanic, no matter how careful they are, they're still adding damage to the ship. You know, the, yeah. the wreck site. 
So it's like, I want to keep, I want to learn more. I want to keep exploring, mm-hmm. but I'm also like worried about it. You know what I mean? Same. I'm, I'm like, could you not land on it? Maybe yeah, this is exactly. a very fragile structure exactly. and you know, you never know what's going to be the thing because I genuinely have no idea what's holding the ship up anymore. Like, I don't know how much mm-hmm. of the actual structure is intact or how much of it is just like, well, it fell in this position. So we're stuck here yeah. until the left joint gives out. Yeah, and sure. it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like at some point, probably sooner than we think it'll be, it might just fall apart. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can we stop doing stuff to make that happen sooner? Even sooner, yep. Exactly. Let's you just know, it's leave that. nature is taking its toll and it's gonna be, mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna be entirely gone before we know it, you know. Mm-hmm. The anchors will still be there. The the uh, the uh, the propellers will still be there, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, as far as the superstructure, there's not gonna be anything left of that. Yeah. So. I think that eventually the bow is going to look a lot like the stern where it's just a bunch of pieces, you know, not, it's Mm -hmm. not going to explode, but it just eventually it's going to start degrading and things are going to start caving in and falling apart. And maybe the original, like very front of the bow, the actual iron part will stay intact. But I think eventually the wood's going to start to rot through all the way. And Oh yeah. I agree. It's just how nature is. Like you said, like nature's going to reclaim it in yep. some form or fashion. And we're not helping it if we keep yep. dropping shit on it that weighs 100 freaking pounds. You know, in kind of a trippy way of looking at it, too, it's like, and I might sound kind of corny and cheesy here, but in a re- very yeah. real way, the Titanic is kind of coming back to life, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's disintegrating back into the earth, you know, and this mm-hmm. starting that cycle all over again, you know, and it's actually, you know, totally new forms of life has been created on the yep. Titanic, you know, uh, wreck site. And it's, when you look at it that way, I'm, I, I guess I'm trying to put a kind of positive spin on it. It's, it's a whole nother trippy realm of viewing it, but I choose to do that every now and then, you know, it's, it's, it will always be alive in some mm-hmm. shape or form. And that's how I think about the world at large. Cause you know, I'm not particularly religious. I kind of believe that when you die, you go back where we came from, which is question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And I don't know where the hell that is. And that's kind of how I feel about things like this. We're like, yeah, it's going back, maybe not necessarily where it came from, because it didn't come from the ocean, maybe, but like, mm-hmm. it's going back to nature where it was founded. Like, the iron came from the ground. The wood came from the trees. Right. There was, I mean, sure, there's some man-made stuff on there, like the linoleum. The linoleum came from hell. But, you know, <laughs> there's, just saying. But there's a bunch of things that are eventually going to... <laughs> I have an opinion, but you know, there are things that are just going to go back to to the earth and and it's kind of poetic in that way. In the same way that, you know, eventually when you, when you die, your body goes back to the earth, even if it's in a coffin, Mm -hmm. the wood breaks down and maybe it's 10 years, hundred years, eventually you're, you're back to being a carbon-based life form, just not a human. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, what are your, um, I don't know how much time you have here. I want to try and throw, you know, make sure we can talk about certain things here. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm sure you you've talked about this several times. I got to get your uh, your opinions on the Cameron film. Um, I'll just leave that as a very broad <laughs> question right there. I mean, yeah. how, how do you feel about James Cameron, and how do you feel about the the movie? I think James Cameron's a bit of a lunatic, and he doesn't sound like a very nice person. So <laughs> I've heard I'm, nightmare stories. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm just like I don't know. There, I know so many people in my life who create art who aren't jerks. So I think it's. In my opinion, like, yeah, sure, it looked good, but you, I feel like you could have maybe gotten the same results without being rude. You probably could have just communicated like a human to the people around you what mm-hmm. you wanted. And mm-hmm. so that's why I'm like, I really, I'm always reticent to also to give him all the credit because, yes, he did direct 
edit, produce and everything. But, you know, the costume designer was absolutely astounding. The performances done by all the actors was really, really good. And, you know, there was a bunch of people involved, you know, James Horner and his soundtrack. There were so many people involved Mm -hmm. who brought it to life that, while he did a lot of it, I don't want to give him all the credit also just because like, you you seem rude, but I really liked the movie. It's a little ridiculous at times. And I don't think it's like a perfect film. I like it though. It's just a yeah. little, it's, 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 it's melodramatics at, at moments, but I think overall it's a, it's a very good film. Yeah, no, um, I, I pretty much have the same take as, as you, you know, yeah. uh, like going back to my original story of seeing the movie for the first time, you know, I wasn't exactly blown away by it. And I wasn't, I wasn't like a, Oh, Leo, I dreamy Leo, you know, and all that stuff. Um, you know, that's, let's face it. That was what 50% of the box office receipts were, Mm -hmm. you know, all the, the girls who kept going back to watch Jack Dawson die, you know, (laughs) and that's, you know, that's what they loved about it. You know, there's like, not my Jack. Um, but I've definitely, I definitely appreciate James Cameron as a filmmaker. Um, he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of tyrannical in a lot of ways. You know, I've, like I said, I've heard nightmare stories, particularly filming the movie The Abyss, you know, where you know, oh, Ed yeah. Harris, you know, several of the cast members, you know, well, we will never work with James Cameron again, you know, and so on and so forth. But then there's other actors, you know, Sigourney Weaver, you know, from, you know, the Avatar cast who have nothing but mm-hmm. praise for James Cameron, you know. So I'd, I've never met the man, so I don't know. I just, I admire what he's done. I admire his balls for going down in that damn submersible down in the deepest part of the earth. You know, um, that is, I don't know if you've ever watched that documentary. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. Again, it's kind of, you can't help but get a sense of like, he's going, hey, look what I just did. Let's film me doing this. And I'm James Cameron and I did this and you didn't do this. I did this because, you know, you can't kind of get over that a little bit, but at the same time, I couldn't do that. I don't have the brains to do that. You know, it's it's pretty impressive. So I'm kind of with you. I appreciate the art. I appreciate mm-hmm. the talent. Personality-wise, meh, maybe not so much. I also look at him and think, you made Titanic, and then you went on and made Avatar, and then you think we want to see 8,000 of those. So exactly. that tells me there's something wrong with you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think Avatar, I have still, I have yet to see Avatar. I almost let some not I refuse to see it pretty much, but it's, it's, it's really long. Well, and that's also, that was talk about a fad. Was that not just a, the, the, the effects of the day? That's what basically drove that box office for that film. I mean, the story is kind of light from what I've heard and it read, is. but you know, it, it was the fad of the effects that sent people there. I've heard so many people say that it was really cool to watch one time in a the theater, never mm-hmm. watch it at home because there's nothing special about it. That's exactly how that's exactly how I feel about it, because I saw it in theaters and it was, you know, it was cool. Like you said, Mm -hmm. it was very in of the tech at the time. But now, you know, you have the Marvel movies, which do that every damn day. So it's not as impressive, but it was Mm -hmm. cool to look at in theaters. But then again, I I think I watched it one time at home with a friend because she wanted to watch it. And I was just like, I'm so bored. Like (laughs) This movie is not compelling. (laughs) Yep. And what was he got? Four coming out or three? I'm not sure exactly. what Too many of them. Yeah, no, I agree. Too many. I agree. And it was, there's, I, yeah, it was a huge fad. Of, and I remember being everywhere. Like there was commercial deals with like every single, like you couldn't get merchandise or like products in the grocery store. You couldn't go down a single grocery aisle without some product having an avatar endorsement on it. It was freaking weird. Yeah. 
No, I gotcha. It was almost, well, again, going back to me being a Star Wars fan, I mean, I was all about all the hype for the prequels, you know, but the merchandising was just beyond ridiculous for, for the prequels. You know, everyone was hot into the collectibles, you know, the old vintage toys, and they thought that, ooh, everyone wants those so bad, so let's make 9 billion other, you know, toys out there to try and sell to the masses, and you know yep. what? Eight billion of those are still available because they weren't sold. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. There's this. It's there's overkill, and I think a lot of that has to mm-hmm. do with this Avatar hype. A little bit of overkill. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's just like there was just so much, and it's like that almost now too. Like whenever there's a new Pixar film or whatever, it's on everything. Whenever there's a new Marvel movie, it's on everything, and it's just like yeah. I live in a commercial, <laughs> and it's not a good one. <laughs> you know, and you know, getting back to the Titanic, the the film, you know, I, I enjoyed. It. It's one of those movies that if I'm cruising through the channels and it's on TV, I'll 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 I'll, I'll keep it on there. Oop, I got a I got a notice there. Um, did you hear that? Ding ding ding. I did. Um, it's. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I thought it was mine. <laughs> no, that was mine. It says my battery saver is on. Why is it? Why? It's like, hey, thanks, thank you very much for letting me know. Um, that that totally threw me off track. Oh, Titanic. There we go. Uh, the the movie. <laughs> Again, it's um, enjoyable. I I've seen it far too many times. <laughs> um, the the effects were astounding for 1996, 1997. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he depicted. I mean, he didn't know any better. You know, the people who put the movie together, they didn't realize that you know this Titanic did not raise to that you know vertical level when it was sinking. It was very, yeah. uh, not even nearly as high out of the water before it split in half. I remember hearing, tight, you know, James kind of jokingly say, "Man, do I have to go back and redo this?" I'm like, "Don't, no, just, just leave it. Don't do just it." Do it. <laughs> yeah, um, the as you said, the performances are 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 fine. Um, I think the best actor in the movie is Gloria Stewart by far. Um, she, as far as the main Hot characters, on the, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know if that's anything new right there, but she is it definitely has a lot more vibrance than anyone anyone else in my opinion but again but the risk of going on too long too late uh i i, I enjoy it I, I always will enjoy it well uh, i think it's a it's a good movie and even though it has its flaws or whatever it's, just, yeah. it's the same way that you can look at almost any other movie where it's like yeah i like it but it has mm-hmm. issues oh of course well, and, yeah. and that's how i feel about it i'm not out there arguing it's a perfect movie and everyone needs to watch it and love it i'm like no, no. if you don't like it you don't like it there's flaws Absolutely. and every argument i've heard against why people don't like the movie i'm like that's fair <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I agree with all of it, too. You know, sometimes the acting is kind of, sometimes the dialogue is just, oh my like, God. Ah, really? I mean, come dialogue's on. pretty intense. People, uh, people complain about, you know, George Lucas's dialogue in the prequels, you know, I don't like sand and stuff like that, you know, but it's, uh, James I, that Cameron does sound like it was written better. by James Cameron. <laughs> so, it's, um, Again, it's the 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 Titanic is just something that I've, I've just been enraptured with. Um, I've I've learned far too much about. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's, you can never learn too much. I've I've absorbed myself in several books, and it's you learn something new every day. Oh, that's what popped in my brain. Something just popped in my brain. I want to ask you about it. Your okay. thoughts. I mean, we can go any number of ways. Again, I, I know you're limited here. Yeah. Your idea of the or your thoughts on the Californian mm-hmm. and was it or was it not close enough? Did Captain Stanley Lord do all that he could to help the Titanic as it sank? 
Do you think it's been overblown? What are your thoughts on the Californian? I think there's a lot going on with the Californian because there's also, you know, this is pre-cell phone era. It's not like Captain Smith could call up Captain Lord and be like, help, we're over here. They were relying on a bunch of old-fashioned tech to try to get in touch. And, you know, the Marconi operator was um, done for the night. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't call in and let anybody know. And there is this argument that they may have seen, you know, lights or flares. And I'm like, I, I can't say definitively if they did. If they saw the lights and or the flares and did nothing or didn't at least attempt to try something, then I think they're very much at fault. However, they were also stuck in ice. So mm -hmm. if they did see it and they were like, there's no safe way to get there because we are stuck, it's sort of like, well, I don't really know what they should have done if they were yeah. genuinely stuck. I mean, and I also don't know how far away they were. Like, were they close enough where they could have like sent their lifeboats out to meet Titanic's lifeboats and been like, hey, we can't get to you, but we're going to do this weird little yeah. switchity switch. We're, we're going to go back. Yeah. But, it's, it's a tricky, yeah. it's definitely tricky. Um, mm -hmm. I... I, I, if you haven't read it, I highly encourage the book, The Other Side of uh, the Other Side of the Night. It's very, it's a, a large por portion of it focuses on the Californian and the Titanic that night, mm -hmm. and what the California. It, it definitely takes a anti-Californian stance. I'll say that, and okay. so I've been kind of influenced by that one. But I've also read a lot of pro-Californian takes on that, and they think that Santa Lord got a bad, got a bad rap. You know, um, sure, it's. There, but there are things that are that you that are definitive uh that are known facts you know mm -hmm. people on the titanic saw something saw lights so much so that captain smith ordered people to you know hey let's start sending lifeboats towards those lights mm -hmm. uh the crew of the californians saw flares you know they saw white flares they saw the same amount of flares that were known to be set off from the titanic i mean that's really i mean if that was a different ship wow that's coincidental by you know because there's there's arguments that there's actually another ship in between them and they're both seeing that wow. ship and no one knows for sure some of the, the close assessments say that the california was within 10 miles the uh, british inquiry says that it was 17 miles away mm -hmm. who knows um yeah it was trapped in ice it was floating it was it made like a it rotated you know, 180 degrees, you know, that's what people said they saw. They thought a ship was coming towards them because the mm -hmm. port light slowly disappeared, you know, but it was actually just floating in the current, you know, it was making a full right. round circle. I I tend to side against the Titanic. I think that now this is, again, I'm strongly influenced by this one book. Mm -hmm. I really think that Stanley Lord could have done more. And I really think that he tried to cover up his known mistake when he realized when they realized that the Titanic went down and they looked in those, you know, in their log books and they were, he insisted on editing those log books the next morning. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. But again, yeah. how, how terrible was it that the radio was shut off because they were told to shut up, you know? And so they're like, okay, I'm not, I'll fine. I'll shut up. I'm going to shut you off here then. Now try and contact me now, buddy. You know, it's yeah. 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 So I guess I'm I kind of tend to lead to the uh, anti-Californian stanza, but that's just me. 
I guess I, I, I don't know enough about it to formulate an opinion in that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, it's more just like, you'd really hope that people wouldn't be that callous to know that something is amiss and you're not even going to like take a second look. It's like, that's not normal. Right. You, oh, you know, ship protocol. Come on now. Could you just at least like open your eye and take a look and try to ascertain? Because mm-hmm. I would hope if they saw the flares and the light and it's like, you know what that means. You'd hope they see it. And that's like, I'm praying they didn't see it. I have no fucking clue. Yeah. But I mean, I it, they could be seriously at fault. They could have just been like, not my circus, not my monkey, not my problem. They could have genuinely just been like, <laughs> nope, done. Yeah. But I don't you know. That's, you know, I, I, I believe the most that Captain Lord did was he said, you know, we'll try to contact them with Morse, you know, try and flash them and they said they never got a response from him. And so he's like, well, just continue to morse them, continue to flash them, and I'm going to go to bed. And that's basically what happened, you know, but everyone on the, uh, those officers on the, on the deck were like, that, yeah, that doesn't look right. This thing looks, it looks like it's listing now. It's slowly disappearing. They, I mean, they thought this massive ship was sailing away from them, mm-hmm. but in actuality, if it was the Titanic, it was sinking, obviously, and that way, you know, yeah. the visuals, again, you know, we're talking about at night on that never-ending horizon of the ocean, you know, it's like, that looks like the ship is going away, no, unfortunately, it's sinking, so. Yeah, hey, just a it's tragic thing. either way, tragic. Exactly, tragic. and it's like, dude, if you really did decide to, like, neglect everyone because you were just, like, don't want to deal, fuck you. Absolutely, absolutely, and he was, Stanley Lord was trying to clear his name up till his dying mm-hmm. day, you know, and just, he has yeah. his supporters, and he has his, uh, not so much supporters. <laughs> yeah, and well, I guess that that's what happens when you're tangled up in one of the greatest mysteries of the world. Absolutely. Yeah, he's absolutely, he's always going to be related to it, for yep. sure. For sure. Sorry to be you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so sad, so sad, yeah, exactly. Too bad, so sad. But um, thank you so much for letting me steal away a bunch of your time. Oh and- gosh, no, this has been fun husband thank you so much for coming on it has been it has been very fun and informative <laughs> well thank you i hope i haven't let you down i hope i haven't been a disappointment not. <laughs> no, yeah if no. you ever want to if you're if you're running low or desperate for guests you can always reach out and contact me again so i definitely will awesome it's very nice to meet you um me i will I'll, I'll be uh promoting this whenever your the episode drops and yeah. i look forward to to uh to, to listening and i wish you nothing but success you too right i'm I would like to thank Patrick for coming on and managing to have a conversation about Titanic and ghosts and Star Wars all in one go. That was very fun for me. And I hope that it was very, very fun for you. And if it was fun for you, which I don't understand why it wouldn't be, you should be in touch with Patrick because Patrick is cool people. You can find him on Twitter, Twitter uh, at Paranomaly Zone. P-A-R-A-N-O-M-A-L-Y-Z-O-N-E, all one word. And he has Facebook and Instagram for Paranomaly Zone and also one for his own art, which he does share on his Twitter as well. And that's Kaufenberg Arts. You should just go see his portraits. He's a really, really good one of Gordon Lightfoot. I love it. Anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with me to talk about Star Wars or um, Titanic or ghosts you can you can email me at titanic talkline at gmail.com or find me on all the socials facebook instagram and twitter at titanic talkline you can also look at my tiktok but it might be like eight months before i actually see anything that you send me there uh but i'll see you next time bye titanic talkline was created and produced by me alexia be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at titanic talkline on facebook instagram and twitter that is all one word titanic talkline 
T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at titanictalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's titanictalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!